0: is your Savior he has delivered you and is deliver you and will deliver you praise God for what we have in Christ Jesus brother Ruel would you pray for our tithes and offerings tonight with me beautiful song take your Bibles tonight turn to Genesis chapter 4 tonight Genesis chapter 4 pastor Chriswell, First Baptist Church of Dallas what he used to preach is he would go through the Bible in areas that spoke to him, he would preach from that area that God has spoken to him. And so as I've been studying, sort of going back again in January to Genesis chapter 1, I've made some notations, some things that have spoke to me, challenged me, and these are the things that I want to share with you. So this, this evening we're in Genesis chapter 4, and the title of the message is Raising Cain for Not Being Able. Raising Cain for Not Being Able, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. She began bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he brought of the firstlings of the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But to Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is that countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall, shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain taught with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. The Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth? Which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand, and thou to us the grant it shall be not henceforth, shall, shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in, in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out of this day from the face of the earth, for the face shall I shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth and shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for the promises that it provides the instruction. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you've given me the charge to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering, that God, you'd help me to do so. Hey, Father, that anything you'd have me to say, you'd help me to say it. And anything that, Lord, you'd have me not to say, Lord, you'd strike that from my mind. But we thank you for your word and pray you bless it and use it so we could grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father. If there be one in this room who does not know Christ as our Savior. Father, would you save that one that is closest to hell? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When Cain was born, we have to remember he is the first born human being both Adam of course was created out of nothing Eve came from Adam and here you have for the first time the birth of a person a human being the first birth in the history of the world and I can imagine probably mom had great expectations of Cain every mother has great expectations of her children amen ladies you have great expectations, you have desire, you have hope, you have dreams, you have plans. And I'm sure she thought this one might be the one who solved the problem. Remember, there was a problem, the problem that her and her husband caused in the Garden of Eden. We know the story well, how she was deceived by, uh, by Satan, but, but Adam, who knew the difference between right and wrong, m- made that, that choice, that choice that flung human race into sin, Choice of eat the fruit of the knowledge of the of the of the tree of good and evil, but the Bible says in Genesis chapter three verse fifteen. look can look at it across the page. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. She was looking for one to come to save the world, and why not Cain? Why not Cain? Why not be the first one to come to save the world? No. She was right in the fact that one would come from her seed that would save the world. The problem with Cain is he could not save the world because Cain wasn't sinless. It had to be someone who was sinless to save the world, and that wasn't Cain. But I'm sure she thought that this one could help, could change, could make a difficult situation a whole lot better. Instead of being the one that would come to help all things, he eventually became the seed of the serpent. And as we'll look in a little bit later, his his descendants were part of that group who were totally destroyed by the flood. So this one whose name means to create had a brother whose name was Abel, and his name meant vanity or breath. So by her second son, she'd given up. (laughs) She had Cain... And now she had Abel. Can you imagine their lives? They had the best. They had the best parents. I mean, these are these are the best parents. People think the first folks are almost like. I think people have an idea that Cain and that uh, Adam and Eve were like cavemen. No, these folks were highly intelligent. They were highly intelligent. They were they were gifted. They were talented. They were they were the probably the 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 best looking, the the most talented human beings that probably have ever been created. And so they they had they were in a great environment not a not a perfect environment like Eden but almost perfect because they were outside of Eden. So they were in a great environment. They didn't have a whole lot of bad influences. <laughs> they didn't have HBO or MTV. <laughs> they didn't have a TikTok whether it's good or bad. You you, you all your teenagers you tell me. Some good, some bad, some a whole lot of ugly. They didn't have a whole lot of they didn't have a lot of they, they, could, they couldn't say now don't go down there don't go down there and spend time with Johnny because he's a bad influence on you. They were the, they were the original ones, the original ones. So and even in this situation, in almost in almost a per- perfect environment, you can have children that make a bad choice. As I mentioned the other night, we talked about the important we talked about the millennium, we mentioned this th- Wednesday night by going to millennium, that everybody who's saved, the only people who, who, who are going into the millennium are people who are saved. There's nobody who's going to millennium that's not saved. Everybody's either going to be us who have glorified bodies. We come back with Christ after the tribulation, or people who go into the millennium who are saved. They survived the tribulation. They've been saved. But everybody who's going into the tribulation is going to be, or, or, or going to the millennium, excuse me, or going to be righteous. And we basically said, even in that perfect environment, which is going to be much like this environment, you can have children... Because these folks who go into the tribul- into the millennium are going to have children children who choose to do wrong. And it, it, though you have a good environment, every person has a free will. God has given every person a free will to choose. To choose him or not choose him. And so Cain had a choice and Abel had a choice. They were two different men. Two different Cain was a tiller of the ground. He loved to farm. He loved to put his hands in the dirt. He loved to spend time around the the outside and and around the earth. I'm sure he learned his craft from his father, Adam, and his mother, Eve. I'm sure he began to provide vegetables and fruit for him and for his family. But Abel was raised and cared for sheep. He was a farmer. He was a farmer and not only a farmer, he was a person who took care of animals. He took care of sheep primarily. He would begin to be taught, I'm sure, by Adam and Eve how to raise and nurture sheep. So they, there was two different people, two different occupations. Nothing wrong with their occupations. The Bible doesn't say it was wrong for, for uh, Cain to be a, a farmer or a tiller of the ground or for, or for Abel to be someone who raised sheep. But the only they had two different occupations, they had two different offerings. They had two different offerings. The Bible says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought forth fruit of the ground, an offering of the Lord, and Abel, he also brought the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. Cain, for all his faults, he was was no atheist, he was religious. He was the first one to, to bring forth an offering to the Lord. He brought the fruit of the ground. But Abel came, he brought forth a lamb, a lamb without blemish, I believe, without spot. Abel to build an altar, slay the lamb, put the lamb on the altar, and light the fire as for a sacrifice unto the Lord. The Bible says the Lord had respect unto Abel unto to his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. It's no mere accident that Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's refused. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness and that we was righteous, God testifies of his gifts, that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Cain's offering was a work of his hands. Abel's offering was a work of faith. It's totally different. I'm sure that Adam and Eve had taught them from their experience that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. They had experienced it personally. Remember, right after they sinned, they were naked. What did they try to do? They tried to cover themselves with works that they had done, but there had to be an animal that was this life was taken and its its skin was shed so they could be covered. It's not what we can do that saves us, it's what God does that saves us. And that's the picture from Genesis all the way to Revelation chapter 22, that we're saved by faith, not by works. Cain represents a religion of, of works. Abel represents faith in Christ through a sacrifice. So two different people. So what can we learn from the way of Cain tonight in this, this, this story that says so much? First of all, we see in verses 1 through 5, we must always follow God's instructions. We must always follow God's instructions. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.8, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs 8.10, Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. The Bible places instruction more valuable than anything in the world. More valuable than your Lexus, more valuable than your house, more valuable than your lands, more valuable than your bank account, is the instruction of God. It's the most important thing in this world, because if you don't receive proper instruction, You will fail. It's guaranteed. Just look through the pages of Scripture and see so many people, talented, gifted, noble, great parents. But they did one thing wrong. They did not listen to instruction. You've seen it in your family. You've seen it in people in this church and people who used to be in this church that those who followed instruction from the Word of God and from those who had wisdom, biblical wisdom, they did well. But those folks who chose not to listen to the instruction of the Word of God and for folks who had wisdom, biblical wisdom, they failed. It's really as simple as this. To the degree you adhere to this Word and to its instruction, you will succeed. But to the degree that you don't adhere to that book and to the instruction, you will fail. It's really as simple as that. Do you listen to instruction? True salvation resolves through three focal points. The word of God, the work of Christ, and the witness of the Spirit. Throughout the scriptures, we read verses, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, Exodus twelve thirteen. When we see the word redeemed, the precious blood of Christ is of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It's it's instruction about salvation coming from a blood sacrifice. A blood sacrifice. The basic philosophy behind Cain's religion was that salvation had to be earned, that it had to be merited, purchased at the cost of one's own effort and toil. Therefore, Cain brought to God the fruit of that over which he had labored and toiled. How many people today are laboring and toiling, believing their labor and toil will get them to heaven, but they don't have to do any of it? Because Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. It's not what we've done. He did it all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. I'm so glad I didn't come to church thinking, well, if I didn't make it to church tonight, I'm going to die and go to hell. I'm so glad I don't believe if I got in a big fight with my wife. I know that never happens. I'm sure it never happens. That somehow if I died in my sleep, I would go to hell. I'm so glad I don't believe that if I didn't confess my faults to some priest. And I didn't say all my Hail Marys that I would die and go to hell. I'm so glad that I don't believe that if I don't have the gift of speaking in tongues or laying on hands. Boy, we got quiet now. That I would die and go to hell. No friends, it's done for me already. It's It's paid, it's paid. It's not what you do, it's what he's done. Aren't you glad the thief on the cross didn't have to climb down off that cross, get baptized, join the church, pay his tithe, get back on that cross and die and go to heaven? <laughs> he didn't have to do that. Jesus said to him, today that will be of me in paradise. That was their friend. So salvation is not about works. It's about faith. It's about faith. With all the books outside, all the sacred books outside the Bible, called for a salvation based purely on works and personal merit. Cain's religion was, was founded purely on the human scheme. It ran counter to the revealed mind of God. It was a, full of basic human reasoning, its outward form, but it was founded on error and a willful disobedience to God's truth. It was bluntly called the way of Cain. He wanted to do it his way. It had to be his way. The way of Cain lacks true love. It's just, it's just form and rituals and religion. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 5, Have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From, search, from such turn away. You, 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 you recognize that all these false religions, all these fake religions have one thing in common. They lack true love. They lack true love. And dear friend, When you don't have love, every, whenever you don't have love in any type of relationship, it's always a lose lose. <coughs> Cain really didn't love his brother. You see, if you love, if you love somebody, the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. Husband and wife. Remember when you started dating? Remember, remember way back when? when way back, way back, way back, way back, way back. You, you were all starry eyed, cat eyed. She could not, he could not do anything wrong. Then you got married. Then you, then, then. brother, I have an extra bed at my house. You, you, you can come and stay. <laughs> I'll let you wash my car for, for free. <laughs> but then you get married. What happened? Did that person change all of a sudden? Did did the moment they went from here to out that door, did they change all of a sudden? No, they didn't change. What happened is you had love. But love covers a multitude of sin. But what happens in when you don't have that same love, you start getting out of the word of God. You start walking in the flesh. And what do you you start doing? You start noticing all their little intricacies. What's the word? I know Dorothy would help me. That worked. You start, you start, you start noticing the way they chew their food. Man, y'all chew you, you chew too loud. Oh, you don't you you do the tube, you just squeeze it in the middle. You're supposed to take it from the very end and squeeze it all the way right there. The the, the TP in the bathroom. Or you you put it this way, it's supposed to go that way. You have your ways and when you're not walking with God you pick up on all those things you know and then when you start getting colonel you go you go from you go from you go from thinking uh, I love that guy he, he has no faults to he has a, some to some faults to he is the fault he or she is the problem In this marriage and if only he or she would change things our marriage would be so much better you know what the problem is he's been the same person all the time (laughs) you just couldn't see it because you used to love him then you liked him now you hate him what happened you went from spiritual to semi-spiritual to plain out carnal I've met mothers in detention centers whose sons were murderers. But they had nothing but good to say about their sons. Why? Because of mother's love. And it's past a man's comprehension. Relationship without love will always fail. We must follow God's instruction. Secondly, we must respond properly to rebuke. Must follow God's instruction, but second, we must respond properly to rebuke. God gave him the opportunity to change. What is change? It's repentance. Repentance is a change of mind and admitting you are wrong and willing to go the other way. I think about Rehoboam. I was reading about Rehoboam this last week, Second Chronicles chapter twelve verse one. You can listen to it. You can read it if you like. Second Chronicles chapter twelve verse one. It said, "It came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom, and strengthened himself. He forsook the law of God." Now, this remember this is Solomon's son. Grandson of David the king. He forsook the law of the Lord and Israel with him. And it came to pass that in the fifth year of the king Rehoboam Shehak, king of Egypt, came upon Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord with twelve hundred chariots, three score thousand horsemen, and the people without number that came up with out with him, out of Egypt, the Lubans, the Sukkims, the Ethiopians, and he took the fence cities which pertained to Judah, came to Jerusalem. Then Shimei, the prophet to Rehoboam, and the princes of Judah, that were gathered together in Jerusalem because of Sheshak, and said to them, Thus saith the Lord, You have forsaken me. Therefore have I also left you in the hand of Shishak. Therefore, whereupon the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves, and they said, The Lord is righteous. And when the Lord saw that he humbled themselves, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Shemiah, saying, They have humbled themselves, therefore will I not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured upon the Jerusalem by the hand of Seshach. Well, we see Rehoboam, the grandson of David, the son of Solomon, was doing evil in the sight of the Lord. They were having oppression. They were going to be destroyed. But Rehoboam listened to the word of God. He humbled himself. And God didn't destroy him. So what happens when you and I don't follow instruction? And God sends people in our lives, circumstances, situations that rebuke us, that challenge us to help us to see. And dear friends, when those things or those people come in our lives, we ought to be thankful. Thankful that God sends people, circumstances, situations in our lives to help us to change and he did change. He went a different way. God desires us to be humble, humble. God gave him opportunity to change. secondly God warned came the seriousness of sin. sin means to miss the mark. sin is like a crouching beast seeking to destroy you. the Bible says in first Peter chapter five verse eight about the devil be sober be vigilant because your adversary the level. The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Sin wants to destroy you. Sin wants to destroy you. So instead of continuing in sin, we must listen to those around us who try to warn us of the dangers of sin. Proverbs 10:17, he's in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. Proverbs 12:10: whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. Proverbs 13, 18, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Proverbs 15, 32, he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. It says about the Bible, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for unrighteousness. Dear friend, are you willing to receive reproof in your life? If somebody comes to you with the right spirit and in love and says you're going the wrong way, how do you respond to that? You know, the Bible says that's what we're supposed to do. It's not just for preachers. But the Bible says, ye which are spiritual. That's just not having happens in pastor. It says anybody who loves the Word of God and follows the Word of God, ye which are spiritual, go, go to other people who you see who's struggling in their life in a, in a quiet, in a spirit of meekness. We're supposed to do that. We're supposed to help one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another, not in a haughty spirit, not that I'm better than you kind of attitude, but but why? So so we can bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of Christ, to love thy neighbor as thyself. Dear friend, if you're a Christian in this room and you love love the word of God and you care about people, if you see somebody going the wrong way, the best thing you can do for, do for them if you care about them is to tell them you're going the wrong way. Right? You say, preacher, if I do that, they might not like it. They might not. You say, preacher, if I do that, they may hate me. They may. But it doesn't mean you don't do it. All of us have that responsibility. It's not just for the pastor and deacons or anybody who's spiritual. <clears throat> the Bible talks about Asa. I've been read about Asa. Asa, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, he did several things. He did right in the sight of the Lord. He removed sin from Israel. There was revival in the land. He relied on God at a time of trouble. One million Ethiopians came against him, and God defeated his enemies. But unfortunately, after that, he compromised. He saw his brother, so-so, Basha, the king of Israel, and he made a league, he a, made a pact with Ben-Hadad. He compromised. The man of God came to him and corrected him. The man of God said, said to him, Asa, remember all those Ethiopians, that million-man ar- million army that came against you? Didn't I defeat all of them? And now here comes Baasha, the king of Israel, with a lot, less, a lot smaller armor, army, I could have helped you defeat them too but you made, you made a compromise with the enemies of God, Ben-Hadad, and because of that, you're going to suffer. What did Asa do? You're right, man of God. No, he got mad, the man of God. And you know how Asa died? He died because he had disease in his feet. And the Bible says in the midst of his disease that he he's sought to, to listen to the physicians, but he did not to seek the Lord. He did not seek the Lord. Oh, dear friend, the greatest thing you can do is listen to instruction. But when you and I fail to listen to instruction, and there's times in our lives when we all fail to listen to instructions. There's probably been something you've done or I've done this week where you should have done this, but you did this. You should have went that way, but you went that way. You should have wiggled, but you waggled. You should have zigged, but you zagged. You chose the wrong path. We all do it sometimes ignorantly, and most of the time, willingly. And someone or some situation, whether it be a song or a person or your children or something you hear on the radio or TV instructs you, corrects you, rebukes you, how do you respond? How do you respond? We must follow God's instructions. We just respond properly to rebuke. And thirdly, tonight, we just remember that refusal to listen has serious consequences. Oh, my friend, refusal to listen to those who come to you in in love and try to correct you has serious, serious consequences. See, Cain tried to settle things by force. John Phillips, the great commentator, said, thus he stamped one of the greatest of all hallmarks on the false religion is characterized by force by persecution, by the martyrdom of those who stand for God's truth. Because it was an hour old, Cain's religion produced the world's first martyr. Every drop of blood shed on earth ever since in the name of religion helps mark out the violent way of Cain. Cain tried to settle things by force. You can't fix it by force. Woo, that's marriage counseling 101, 102, 103, 104. <laughs> Just yell more, see how that works. Just get madder. Just see how that works. <laughs> try to fix it. Try to fix it. Men, are men. men we are naturally fix, fixers. That's sometimes the worst thing you can do. Sometimes the best thing to do is just sit back and listen try to fix it. She said amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you see, false religions, they're always by force. Adherence to Islam is by force, not faith. Adherence to Catholicism was by force, not by faith. Now, they're a lot gentler tiger than they used to be, but the doctrine will still damn you to hell. The Judaizers wanted to force New Testament believers to have faith in Christ and hold on to the Jewish tradition. God has given each person a free will to choose. God Himself does not force anybody to be saved. We have a choice. It's a decision. Killing Abel, his brother, did not solve the problem, but exposed his pride, his jealousy, and his hate, which are characteristic of all false religions. Cain secondly responded to God by falsehood. Verse 9, the Lord said unto Cain, Where is is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. (laughs) And my brother's keeper, he just basically lied. I don't know where Cain's at. Didn't you just kill him? (laughs) You know exactly where he's at. It is funny. God's asking these questions. It's not like God doesn't know. Right. See, God knows. God knows. Just like He, when He asked Adam, "What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Where, why aren't you with me? Why aren't you fellowshipping with me?" God, it's not like God didn't know where Adam was. He wanted Adam to know where he was at. Okay. It's like it didn't, it's not like God didn't know where Abel was. God knew exactly where Abel was. The problem, He was trying to help Cain understand what he was doing. Questions convict the conscience, statements harden the will. God was trying to repeal to him. Cain lied right to God. And what's what happens when you do one sin, it leads to more sins. if you could, if you choose to do one thing and you don't repent of that sin, before long, you're doing something else. Isn't that what happened to David? He looked upon a woman on top of the rooftop. Okay, one look, no bad, but no big problem. But the second glance, that's where he sinned. Then he asked for her to come. Oh, he got his servants involved. Then he found out who, whose wife she really was. It was Uriah the Hittite. Then he had relationships with her. That's a further sin. Then he had to lie. He had to get, he had to get Uriah out of the way. He had to lie and steal and covet and destroy. One sin leads to more sins. That's the best thing to do when you find yourself on the wrong road. Get right and go right the other way. Don't continue down the wrong road by making bad decisions. Cain responded to God by falsehood. Thirdly, Cain's new life would be marked by futility. Look at verse 10 again. He said, What hast thou done? The voice of the brother's blood crieth at me from the ground. Now thou curse from the earth which I opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from the hand. When the tillest the ground is not henceforth yield unto her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. You see, By faith, Abraham was a pilgrim and stranger on the earth, but false religion, the way of Cain, made Cain a fugitive and a vagabond the rest of his life. You know what bad decisions, you know what rebellion does, you know what not listening to instruction, not listening to reproof, doing your own thing, it makes you restless. Restless. The Bible says about a person in the book of James, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When you try to focus on God and yourself, you're always in trouble. You have to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. But when you try to serve God and serve yourself, you always fail. When you have one foot in the Word and one foot in the world, you always fail. You have to focus on what God wants you to do. But when you try to live life your way, When you say you're a Christian, but you live your life without Christ, it's always a fail. It's always a fail. He wanted religion. He wanted relationship, but he wanted to do it on his terms. Dear friend, it's not on our terms. It's by his terms. So Cain's life would be marked by futility. Letter D, Cain's life would be characterized by fear. And the Bible says in verse 13, Cain said to the Lord, My punishment greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out of the day from the face of the earth. From the face shall I be hidden, shall be a fugitive, and vagabond on the earth, shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. The Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taketh on him sevenfold. The Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him shall kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. A life that's characterized with not following instructions, by not listening to rebuke, or receiving the consequences of your sin is characterized by someone who's in fear. You have two decisions you, you can make in life. You can live a life of fear, constant fear. What's going to happen to me? How am I going to live? How am I going to survive? I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm anxious. Or you can choose to live a life of faith. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You have to choose it. For the rest of his life, Cain would be looking over his shoulder. I wonder who's going to kill me, what's going to happen to me. He goes from place to place to place to place, always going from place to place, never settled, never right, because he made a bad decision. But God, in his mercy, left a mark on him so that those who would kill him would be cursed. Cain Cain left his mark behind in a great and thriving civilization. As many founders of false religions have done, he founded a civilization characterized by 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 great social structure, secular and scientific activity, but it was sinful activity. It was wicked activity. And ultimately, the descendants of Cain would be so wicked that the Bible said God repented of making man. And he destroyed everyone except for eight people. Those eight people on the ark. Cain, you could have been so much better. You could have made such better decisions. You could have listened. You could have, when when God came to you and spoke to you that you were going the right way, you could have said, God, I was wrong, I'm wrong, forgive me, and make the right sacrifice. But he didn't. He destroyed someone who was innocent, able. And now through all eternity, when Cain's name is mentioned, it's always mentioned as the the man who killed his brother. The first sin after the sin of Adam and Eve wasn't just a small sin. It wasn't a lie. It wasn't stealing. It was cold-blooded, calculated murder. How far had humanity gone right out? of the garden." Dear friend, that's what shows us we're desperately in need of God. Because without God in our life, all the works of this world, all the works of our hands are nothing. Without God in our life to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, we're nothing. See, life is not about success, the world's success. Life is about God's success. What is God's success? Finding God's will for your life and doing it. That's God's success. Tim Tebow, the other day, it was Friday night, gave a speech down right down the road at the University of Florida. And he gave a speech to the, the students. He talked about his sophomore year. Uh, he was given the Heisman Trophy Award. His jersey was the, the, mo- the, the best-selling the, uh, uh, jersey in the whole country. Number 15, Tebow. And he goes over to Southeast Asia and begins to help missionaries feed other people. There's this huge feeding among, among all of these villagers. And there's a huge line. And, and by looking at that line and looking at the food, he realized that all the people there aren't going to get food. And he says to the missionary, what happens if they don't get food? He says, "If they don't, if they don't get to the first of the line, they probably won't be fed. And one of, the, one, of the, one of the young people there, one of the villagers, comes up to Tebow, and he starts talking to him in broken English. And Tebow says, I'm from the south, and I know broken English, but I don't understand this guy's English. <laughs> this guy keeps saying, tries to get Tebow to, to come to him and, and, and to show him something. And, and Tebow doesn't, he doesn't get it, doesn't see it. But finally, the crowd parts, and there's this young kid, this just, maybe just young kid. And he's in the sewage, and the squalor, and he's kind of stooped down in there. And he's, he's dirty. He's filthy. But as he gets closer, he notices something about the young man's shirt. It's blue and orange. It's a Tebow shirt. It's his shirt. And he thought to himself, the world sees me as, as successful. Even over here in Southeast Asia, there's a boy who has a Tim Tebow shirt. He said, the world says, be successful, be successful. He said, you can be successful all you want, but more important than being successful is being significant. Because he said that, him having Tebow shirt didn't really mean anything. But what meant something was him caring for that child and making sure he got fed. He said, you can live your life focused on yourself and be successful, or you can choose to care about other people and be significant. Cain it was all about him. He was not successful. He followed his own direction. He followed his own will and ultimately him and all that were after him were destroyed. Dear friend, you and I have a choice every day. Live for God or live for self. There's just two choices on the shelf. Serving God or serving self? Every day you get up, you make that choice. Am I going to live for success? Have stuff! Or are you going to have a life of significance? Because you invest your life in other people. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your kindness. Oh, the way of Cain. The way of Cain is the way of wickedness. The way of Cain is not listening to instruction. The way of Cain is not listening to reproof. The way of Cain is hard. At least to regret, guilt, failure, and ultimate doom. With head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Maybe someone in this room say, Preacher, God has spoken to my heart this evening. Maybe in your own life, in your personal life, God is trying to warn you, trying to help you. Maybe you're doing something you shouldn't be doing going down a road you shouldn't be going, down a path that's not right. You say, by the grace of God, God's trying to warn me. God's trying to help me, and He is. I don't know who this message is for. I know it it helped me, but maybe God is speaking to you about tonight, about an area, a circumstance, a situation that you're in, and God's trying to, once again, help you go the right way instead of going the way of Cain. God has spoken to me tonight about an area of my life where I need to change, preacher, and I'm thankful for it. Would you pray for me that I continue to do right? Or maybe tonight I need to repent of my sin. I need to go the right way. I've been going the wrong way. I need to ask God to help me. Whatever the situation, would you pray for me, preacher? Anybody struggling tonight? Be honest. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? We all sometimes find ourselves in this path. The question is how far down the path do you want to go? Before it's too late. Preacher, I'm struggling in my spiritual life. Would you pray for me? I don't want to continue down this way. Amen. I want to do right. I really in my heart want to do right. Would you pray for me, preacher? Anybody else tonight? Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Christ is your Savior. Maybe there's never been a time in your life where you placed your faith in Him and Him alone to save you from your sins. Oh, dear friend, you can come tonight and ask Christ to save you. Salvation is not something... That you do is what Christ has done for you already. Would you be saved tonight? Christian, are you living for Him? Are you making right decisions? Are you walking down the right path? Are you listening to instruction? When you fail to listen to instruction, do you you heed reproof? If you don't heed reproof, do you understand the consequences of your decisions? Let's stand to our feet. God has spoken tonight. The altar is open.